His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Ron and I both just, we love doing the journey with all of you. And, you know, I've watched Kim and, I, you know, I've watched all of you come in those places where it was like they're standing, they're believing, they're declaring, they're, and it's not seeming to move. And yet somehow we moved past that place and answers came. And I, I mean, I've watched that over and over again, but I, I don't know who I was telling, but it was like, I'm just glad we're in the journey together. God made us a people to journey together. He really did. And there's probably all levels of what's going on here today, of those that are, uh, and those that are, ah, you know, and, and I'm at a place where because of such a hard season, when the Lord spoke, celebrate before you see it, it was a decision in my heart. And I love that Andrea put that up there, but it was a decision in my heart. It was like every situation that comes up, I find myself, what does the word of God say? Celebrate before you see it. And it is just a discipline. And you had to choose a discipline. You know, it was a discipline that was chosen in my heart. We were praying the other day. We had a national day of prayer on Thursday night. And I think we'd gotten around to one part and Hannah and I thought of just the training. I don't know if you guys remember, but years ago I always said discipline will always hold you in good stead. And, and so Ron and I were talking about that, but Hannah said, I know, but discipline is still needed. And I know that there are a lot of new ways and a lot of new things about raising children and grace and maybe some things that aren't religious but I thank God for the Ron and I were talking I thank God for the heritage my parents went to church on Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night we just did it I don't remember ever complaining about it I don't remember it ever being a negative thing it was just my life and it was because I knew I was the Lord's it was just the way it is and um, we had to meet we went met with a whole bunch of pastors and we were meeting with them, and they said, they're really having a hard time getting people to come to church anymore. And, and we said, well, we're rural, and so maybe it's a little bit easier. Maybe people here still are in a sense. But they said, they're so busy. Everybody's busy. And they said, we've been talking about doing some online church, you know, so, you know, people can pick the time. And, and then uh, I think it was Ethan sent me a video or showed me a video of some guy that's a jokester showing online church you can pick the pastor you can pick the way he's dressed if you if you don't like the way he's dressed you can pick the worship team and it showed this guy with a headset with virtual reality laying in the bed <laughs> worshiping and you can pick whatever you want but i'll tell you it was the same way we've done online with these pastors and we're hearing things go on and you know they're talking about how do you raise up the next generation and we're going we're there too. In fact, I'll, I'll share something that went on when we were at Bethel, but I was, we were talking about that and they said, well, basically we have people come about once every three, four weeks, maybe once a month. And it's really hard to know, but those are our congregation, you know, and then others were saying, and I'm glad we can't get signal in this room. You know, I think it's because you guys wouldn't do it anyway, but they, they said that people are distracted even during worship, sitting, looking at their cell phones. And, and it was like, oh, God, 
Is there no place for you anymore? Is what I'm thinking. You know, I understand the phone is distracting. If it dings, I'm like like that. You know, Ron's going. Uh -huh. I am, but but I'm going. God, there is something of discipline still needed in this nation. I'm just going to tell you, kids still need spanked. Spank them with love. Spank them with the greatest grace you can give. But we always spanked our children because we loved them. There wasn't anything in my heart but good for them, period. It was never revenge. It was never. But I'm going to tell you, when kids can't control themselves, you know, wouldn't you rather that you help them control themselves than somebody else has to someday? We had heard situations of things going on, and, and they, they, you know, their answer was Sunday school class, and then they couldn't control the kids in the Sunday school class. And they were throwing fits in their Sunday school class, and they were telling us, and it was like, I think the parents need a spanking. Somebody needs dealt with here. And I'm just telling you, discipline is still something God speaks that doesn't change. And all of your miracles came about by a choice. We've been given this major choice. Yes, we've got hard times, but you still can choose the Lord. And so I want to talk about someone that chose the Lord and, and that I just, I'm going, Lord, he's our heritage. And so I'm going to talk about him in a minute. But while we were out at Bethel, uh, we met with 300 pastors from the nation that was just the smaller group. Then they had a very large group, and they let us meet with the Bethel leaders. And so while we were meeting with them, they were talking about issues that we would all talk about. Well, their biggest thing is how do we raise up a generational church that, that continues to move on? Now, I want to declare that we are, but you know what? We've got a heritage of 28 years, and I want the heritage to go on. I'm, I'm telling you, that's not a light thing. It's not a denomination here. It's been a movement for 28 years in this area, and that's heritage. I, I mean, that's longer than a lot of marriages. It's, it's heritage that has gone on, and it's a faithfulness of the Lord. So they're talking about this, and, and I finally got up and just asked the question. I said, uh, you know, it was some guys, and, you know, I still deal with the guy club thing, and they're not like that out there, but women just still always kind of hold back, and it was finally like, I'm going to ask it. Okay, you know, we're working on this, and we, we want, and I, I mean, don't you love hearing all this generation and everything that's happening? It's just fun, and I love their ideas, and it's just like, let's do it. But how do you continue to move in that? And, you know, what do you do when you're the older ones and you know you're, you know, you hear you're not supposed to retire, you hear you're not supposed to just sit back and do nothing, that you've been given something, and yet at the same time, you also don't have the energy, ha, <laughs> ha, and then, you know, now, I don't know, sometimes I do have the energy, but saying that, but they all, but you also uh, want to see those with new. And I asked the Lord first, I'd asked the Lord, and he said, I want you to learn to take from the old. This is a word of wisdom. And I want you to learn to take from the new. But it all has to be with a new spirit. And so even discipline, it has to be with a new spirit. The Lord wants to shine more light on his word, more light on the old, more light on the new. And, and he's raising up those that are willing to honor the old and to honor the new. 
So the older people have to honor the new, and the old, younger people have to honor the old. But if we all would honor with a sense of a new spirit, I believe we'll come into it. So I asked that question, and Bill came in, and, and so they're like, and Candace is going, we're not quite there, you know. You know, maybe Bill can answer this, and Bill's going, oh, no, not me, you know, because they said, we're there. We're in that same place. Well, I had had a dream, and I think I've shared this with all of you, but I'd had a dream about Paul Manwaring. And so I read, read Kisses from God, and this before Ron had cancer, and it was just an amazing book. And, and I've loved him because he's very much about family and raising up generations, but he's also about organizing and, and f- figuring out how to bring it together. And so he's just got uh, just a precious heart. And so... I had dreamed this about him, and in this dream, I'm walking around trying to find him, and I find him, and I ask him this question. Well, I can't remember the question. I mean, I, you, you ever have a dream? You ask this really important question. I can't remember the question. And so I had always gone out to the conferences, and I thought, if I ever see him, because he's living in England now, I'm going to say something to him. And so, you know, well, it makes me really nervous, you know. I don't go up to people. I just don't ever. <laughs> I don't. And but I'm like, okay, God, I have this dream. If I ever see him and he's right in front of me, I'll say something to him. Okay? Anybody ever do that? Okay. So I say that to the Lord. And, you know, we're in this lunch line and they had already told us, we want you to talk to the leaders here. So f- feel free to reach out and talk to them. And lo and behold, who was right in front of us, actually was a person between us, was Paul Manwaring and this other guy. And so I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> is this the time? <laughs> and so I'm going, Paul Manwaring's there. I wonder if I should ask him that question. But I don't know what the question was, you know. So I, anyway, so this guy's talking to him, and they're really intense. And so I'm like, I'm not bothering him. And then I saw the guy getting busy on his phone, and he was doing this, and Paul was kind of off like that. And so I just walked up, and then I just told him, I said, hey, um, I had a dream about you several years ago. And I said, I read all your books, read, listened to your uh, podcasts that I could find and stuff. And I said, but I asked you a question in my dream, and I didn't have the answer, and I don't know what the question was. And he said, wow, that's really awesome. He said, <laughs> he said, no, I really take value when someone has a dream about me, about something. And he said, so he said, I heard your question up there, which I didn't know that. And he said, that was a really, really good question. And he said, um, I'm going to tell you it's all about family. He said, the kingdom looks like family because, you know, Family puts up with relatives. They do. They put up with each other. They do. They put up with the, the uh, you know, irritating relatives. They do. They just do. We're family. That's just the way it is. I know that's the way they do. I know they chew with their mouth open, but that's the way they do, okay? That's just your, that's just your grandpa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a joke. K- kind of. Kind of. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, he said it looks like family. He said, I did it wrong. He said, when we came over to Bethel, he said, we messed our family up. And he said, so I've gone back and told them, I'm sorry. 
and I'm working to make it right. And he said, but I want generations. And he said, I'm working with my own family to make it right so that we will have that. He said, but it looks like family. And he said, everything needs to be a pursuit of family. And I'm like, okay. And then the other word that he gave me, which Ron had to remind me, but we were, um, he said, and this is for all of you. He said, don't put your bag down, pick it up. Every one of you were created with something unique. You've been through unique problems, unique situations. Nobody else has walked your journey. Nobody, nobody. And he said, pick your bag up and use what's in it. God says it's really good. And so that was, that was a words from, I think, a father in the Lord. And I believe, from what I can tell, we're on a good, good journey. And God is showing us how to bring generations in and what, and to listen and to hear from his spirit how to do it. And we don't have the answers. I love calling us the great experiment. I know that's what Bill does, but I, I take that too. We've always been, what do you want now? Ooh, that didn't work. Okay, how about, you know, and it's okay. Honestly, does your family and all the plans you had for your family work when you said, well, we're going to do this? Oh, that didn't work so well. So then you go another way, you know, until it does. So saying all that, I want to share, and I think it goes along with um, Tony, what you shared, and Hannah, and I just know we're in an amazing place where he's going. The choice is yours what you want to believe. I'm going to move for you. We're here. So what do you want to believe? And Tony, that, that fit, Hannah, that fit. <coughs> so he just started speaking to me. Uh, I think this is where it says. Yeah. Lord, I just ask you that this come together easily and quickly. And I pray that for all of us, it moves us forward. And I thank you. So when you trust me, this is the Lord speaking, okay? So when you trust me and cast all your cares upon me, scripture, okay? Is it so things can go the way you think they should? Okay, I, I, I'm serious. So when you trust me and cast all your cares upon me, is it so things can go the way you think they should? I care for you. I care for your situation. Is your trust unconditional? Knowing I care for you, knowing I care for your situation, and I will bring about my good? Or is it leaning on your own understanding and your own opinions? I'm going to tell you there's never been a place where God said you can make the opinions. He's God. He created the universe. You can't have an opinion of how creation happened. You can't have an opinion about how he created the word. He created the word. And it stands eternal. There's no opinion about him. And so <clears throat> the scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
And in the Passion, it says, and lean not unto your own understanding also says, um, it also says, let go of your own opinions. And this, this is in, in the um, voice Bible, 3, 5 through 8. If you trust in the eternal and rely on him completely, okay, so we are, never depend on your own ideas and inventions. Never depend. It's got to be by his spirit. Does he and will he move you? Yes, but it must be by him. It must be, you guys. It can't be. We, it, we're no different than the world if we're moving by our own will and power. He wants things powered by him. And it says, never depend on your own ideas and inventions. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish. And he will smooth out and straighten the road ahead. And don't think you can decide on your own what is right and what is wrong. Respect the eternal. If you depend on him, your body and mind will be free from strain of sinful life. That means stress goes when you depend on him and will experience healing and health and will be strengthened at their core. I believe sometimes things come on us to get us to rest. I, I do. I don't believe we know how to be quiet in this nation anymore and rest. I struggled with my back thing, which I w told you it was almost six months of it, and I had to rest. And the Lord kept saying to me, I miss seeing you in the woods. I miss seeing you out in the woods. Well, I like being out in the woods. But what he was really saying is, I miss just being alone with you. No distractions. I miss being alone with you. You guys, he created you to be with you. That's it. Here's the message. He created you to be his, to be alone with you. No wonder distraction is such a demonic thing in our nation. We can't even quiet down our minds. Stress is, is one of the number one killers in our nation because we all have to perform constantly. And so sometimes our bodies break down, and the Lord goes, now will you rest? And then when you rest, you're better. Amazing. Because he created us to be with him. He created us to have one full day of rest. Our bodies were made for it. That doesn't mean work all day on your day of rest. But we choose, choose not to walk according to what he says. And it's a choice. It really, really is. If you depend on him, your body and mind will be free from strain, stress of a sinful life. And that's just missing the mark. And will experience healing and health and will be strengthened at their core. I think we need strengthened. You know, we're feeding ourselves in this nation with everything from all the entertainment, all the media, all the food, all the, I, you know, I know, and I'm just saying this, Jesus made wine. Drinking is not a sin. 
He made wine. Why? Because we're like the grapevine. We are, we are the new wine. We are the grapes. I'm, I'm telling you that for another... But on the other hand, 30, 37% of this nation said their families are being destroyed by alcoholism. So choose. I'm not saying don't ever drink. I'm saying choose. There is wisdom in our lives. You guys, we're not dumb people. We've been given these huge intellects that can choose his goodness. But choose his word first. It's eternal. It doesn't change. When he says you need to rest one day, you need to rest one day. And then if your body's falling apart, figure out why you aren't resting. We all were made the same way. Ron and I have been in a season of forced rest, and it isn't as fun, is it? Anybody been in a forced rest? It's not fun. It's not. Here's another one. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are heaven's thoughts. And to think as I think, you must lay down your own. To think as I think, you must lay down your own and align your own by choice with his thoughts. Now, I'm good. Nothing but good can come from me. Prayer is bringing my good into the situation. Basically, prayer is your kingdom goodness come on earth. Your kingdom goodness come on earth into every earth situation. It's love, joy, peace, it's worship, but it's still aligning with him. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go on to Abraham. Because this just really spoke to me. What does God want? Okay, so we come and tell him what we want, don't we? God! You said, your word says you, you provide. Your word says you heal. Your word says you do this. Your word says. But what does he want? What does God want? What does God want? If we're the people of God, shouldn't that be our first thought? What do you want? He wants you. He wants you. He wants your mind and your heart and your soul. He wants your dreams. He wants your goals. And he wants your destiny in his hands. He wants you because he loves you. Because he wants you. He wants you. He will bring good. That, that I'm telling you, I know, I'm old now. I can say it. I was young and now I'm old. He wants good in every situation. I don't see it all yet, but I see a lot. I have a lot of testimonies where I went, oh my, oh my, whoa, you did another good thing. And that makes me say, Tony, like you, and he'll do another one. It's just not over. He will bring good. You know, God called Abraham his friend. He called him his friend. Abraham was the first person who was the beginning of the church. He was the beginning of all of you and I. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. He was the beginning of the very work of God on the earth, and God called him. Now, he, God had others that he loved. He loved Enoch and took Enoch. You know, he loved others, but he chose Abraham. Abraham. 
to be a friend. So, so Abraham would have lots of other friends. And then Jesus came and said, I call you all friends. Why? Because I'm going to let you know what the Father's thinking. I'm going to let you know the thoughts of God. I'm going to let you know what God's heart is. I'm, you're going to know it. It isn't going to be, I mean, yes, maybe sometimes, but sometimes the reason you can't hear God's because you haven't got your own wants out of the way for a minute. I mean, seriously, you've got something on your mind, what you want, and you can't even hear him. When you lay down what you want and just become his friend, I love this. <laughs> Trent and Brock are friends, and they're going fishing. And they're taking a couple kids, and they do this every year. And so I think it was Mercy I was talking to. I don't know. But I'm like, Hannah had said it was kind of boring. Well, I like fishing, so I might not think it was boring. But that's if you catch. Okay. But she said it was, you know. Anyway, I said, so what do they talk about? I mean, they're on the boat with fish seven days a week. Well, I mean, you know, what do they talk about? Nothing. <laughs> he said, they just sit there. <laughs> they don't say a word. They don't talk about nothing. I'm like, they don't talk about nothing? Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to tell you that God loves that because they're out in a boat with him, and they're just enjoying quiet. Sometimes we need to talk about nothing. You know, when I go in the woods, I tell him how beautiful it is, how much I like him as a friend. I'm amazed at everything he created. I, I, I am. You guys, if you wonder if he loves you, just, just look at a mushroom. I mean, they're so unique. Everything is so, I mean, creation is incredible, you guys. Come on. It is. And he wants to be with you. So here's Abraham, and he has nobody. He has no fathers that told him. Nobody's told him about this relationship with God, and God meets him and says, Abraham, I'm going to pave the way for you to know me. So I'm going to lay the sacrifice. I'm going to be the covenant. I'm going to do it all for you. But I, wa I want you to be my friend. And the one thing I, w I have for you, Abrahams, I want you to have offspring after you. You don't know, but you're the foundation of this whole body of Christ that's getting ready to come. You're going to be the foundation of faith. You're going to be the one. And he didn't know it. And you know, Abraham wasn't stressed out. He probably just stood out with a sheep with his mouth open and did nothing. You know, I mean, he probably just said nothing. He probably enjoyed his quiet time. He probably knew what it was like with nature. What do you know Abraham about? Come on. What do you know? Did he build great things? Did he? No. You know that he was God's friend and he chose to take time. I'm telling you, I don't care if you all invent the greatest inventions in the earth. You will be known in heaven by your friendship with God. You will be known for eternity by this friendship. It just, it's the truth. You will be known by your friendship. And this friendship is a family. God started Abraham, and it says that he called Abraham because he knew that Abraham would train his 
children. It said, um, he said, after Abraham will become the father of great and powerful nation and all other nations on the earth, all the nations will find their blessing in him. I've chosen him for a reason, and it's how his body works. I've chosen him for a reason. Namely, that he will carefully instruct his children and his household to keep themselves strong in relationship to me and to walk in my ways by doing what is right and good and showing mercy and justice to others. I know this friend of mine will uphold his end of the covenant so that he can ensure my promises to him will be fulfilled and upheld as well. All of you have promises that God created you for. He, he knew that Andrew was going to carry little Charlotte years ago. He has promises that he created you for. He knows. But Abraham had to uphold his end of the covenant. How did he uphold that end of the covenant? He continued his friendship. You know, continued friendship is when you go through hard times together and it hurts and things are disappointing. I mean disappointing. Have you ever wept with friends? Have you ever wept with situations and it did not end up like you wanted it to? Let's talk about it. Abraham's told he's going to have a family. He tells Sarah, and she's going to be the mother, and she's so excited. So she goes, come on, Abraham. I can't have him. Let's do something about this thing. I got this little handmaiden here, and she'll have a baby for you. And we'll start surrogate motherhood on the earth. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> so they have a baby. And she's never really the mother because the mother's right there. And I believe the whole time Ishmael's going, I kind of look like my daddy, but I really look like my mommy. And I didn't use Sarah. And Sarah began to be jealous. And Abraham had a boy, and it didn't come from her. And guess what? It wasn't the promise either. But Abraham loved him. They'd done what they could, right? They'd done what they could. Abraham was working hard. He's doing the right thing, right? And then God goes, it's not my will. Ishmael's not going to carry this covenant. He didn't come by faith. He came by works. And he said, no, it's not happening. Talk about disappointment. Talk about disappointment. No, oh, may Ishmael live before you. Oh, I'll bless him. In fact, he's going to know me someday. There's going to be generations that know me. But you were called to have faith and be my friend. And what you were to birth was faith. What you were to birth was faith. And faith doesn't quit. And faith get, doesn't give up when it doesn't see things or gets disappointed. I remember when my mom died and we prayed and I had faith for her to be healed from cancer. I did. I had faith and it didn't happen. 
And I went through a period of time of, I didn't even know if I wanted to pray anymore. Anybody been there? I, I, it was just like, oh, you know, it didn't work out. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, my word doesn't change and I don't change. And you have a choice. Will you be my friend? I'll take care of things. And then that's when I had that vision of my mom in heaven. And I thought, he brought greater good than I ever could. He knows what he's doing. You guys, it's never over. Death isn't an over deal. It's just a thin little veil that we cross over. The done deal is your faith here. The done deal is our faith here. And so Abraham is 90 years old now. So anybody here that says they've waited that long for a promise, I mean, a real promise, I haven't. I've never had to wait 25 years. So he's 25 years old now. I mean, 90 years old, I'm sorry. It's been 20, 25 years. He's 90 years old. No, he's 99. Okay. Get it right, Teresa. Okay. When Abraham was 99 years old, <laughs> I'm your friend, God, but I'm feeling kind of poorly right now. <laughs> I know you promised I was going to have a lot of nations under me, but <laughs> oh my goodness. And he appeared to him again and assured him of the promise of a child yet to come. And he said, I am the God all-powerful. Walk before me, dear friend. Continue to trust and serve me faithfully. Be blameless and true. If you're true and trust me, then I'll make certain covenant with you that I promise, make certain the covenant I promised, and I'll bless you with a throng of descendants. What's Abraham going to do? 99 years old. What's he going to do? I'll tell you the biggest grief I have as a pastor. I, I'm serious. Ron and I both. I'll watch people pray for something, and it didn't come to pass the way they thought, and they gave up. But they didn't just give up uh, their faith. They gave up everything, and they are walking with him today. And I'm going, come on. You're called to friendship. You're called to a friendship, a friendship that is eternal in the heavens, and it's all-powerful. I don't care if you didn't get what you wanted. Do you think I wanted to lose children? Do you think I've been in those places? Do you think that it seemed like at times that God was there for me? It didn't. But it was my choice because he's my friend. And his covenant is the blood of his son, and it will never, ever change. And it has provided everything we need. So he's going, will you be, your, be his friend? So now Abraham gets the baby. He gets the baby. He gets the promised child. After 99 years, he gets the promised child. My goodness, God has come through for him. You know what? And Abraham did all kinds of silly things. Because it's okay if you all do silly things. How many of you think that it disqualifies you from friendship with God and the power of God because you do silly things? Abraham was an example. He sent the wife that was the wife of promise away to two kings. They could have taken her as a concubine or whatever the thing was. 
And you know what? Sarah was an amazing woman who was not frightened by any fear. And she knew she had a promise in her. And she was not afraid of those kings. Now that's powerful. She was not afraid of those kings. It says she was not afraid. And they didn't touch her. And the whole household got sick on one of them. (laughs) Isn't that cool? It's really cool. The whole household said, what have you done to us, Abraham? Abraham's going, I haven't done anything. I'm kind of afraid of you. I gave you my wife. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you what's so awesome about that is that's who we all are. And God doesn't choose friendship because we're perfect. He chooses friendship because he's perfect. And he loves us. He made us as unique as a mushroom. He did. More unique than a mushroom. Come on. He did. Ethan, don't put this as the mushroom sermon. (laughs) Have you found your mushrooms this week? (laughs) But what in the world happened? Abraham finally gets the promise. He can celebrate this baby. And then God goes, I know what I told you. But I want to know if I'm your friend. And so I want you to give the promise up. Anybody been there? We have. I want you to give the promise up. God's promised us generations and families. And we walk through what it looked like. No promise right now in areas. And I'm going, nah, I choose you. Abraham said, I choose you. Come on, Isaac. Let's pack up the donkey. Let's go get some wood. We're going to have a big sacrifice today. Oh, Daddy, why are we going up the mountain? Why are we going to, who's, who's going to be the animal? Oh, that's all right, hon. Lord will provide it. <sighs> you, think he, you think he was just confident? I don't know. I think if he was afraid about (laughs) Sarah and the king, he might have been afraid about his son. (laughs) Anyway, they get to the top of the mountain. He ties Isaac up and even lifts his hand. I believe that's a picture of what God is asking. Will you be my friend? What if you don't get what you want? Will you be my friend? Now, God's promise was still true. And God stopped him, provided a ram, and the Lord spoke to Abraham an eternal word. On this day, the Lord will provide. On this day of sacrifice, the Lord will provide. There isn't anything you can give to the Lord. There isn't any situation that you can walk in that if you don't yield, if you'll yield, the Lord will provide. So I'm just going to come back to the main word. God wants to be a friend. He wants you. You know, we always hear the scripture about don't lose your first love. Don't lose your friendship. When's the last time that you just got alone with him? For most of you, it's all the time. I, I know that. 
but God has called us to call others into friendship. Jesus said, you are my friends because the Father's made known to you everything. I've given you the kingdom. You guys, we have the kingdom. James 2.23 says, Abraham totally trusted himself in God's hands. This is, this is the question. He trusted himself in God's hands. And God called him pure, righteous, and living a life of faith and trust. And it earned him the title, God's friend. God's friend. I know that God is calling a family. I'm going to tell you, you need to be connected. The body of Christ is connected. It's cells working together. It's not off somewhere. I just follow somebody on TV or virtual reality or whatever the thing is. I'm telling you, and I want to tell you another one because Ron and I talk about this all the time. This is a mama and papa thing, but we just had had a situation come up to us, and, and we ended up sharing it. Ron and I loved Jesus with all our hearts before we got married, both of us. We were passionately in love with Jesus, and when we came together, we were passionately in love with Jesus together. And it's never been a cross or a hard road. I've heard people say, oh, I wish we hadn't gotten married so early. I'm thinking, you are married. Shut up. I mean, you're dishonoring your wife. You're dishonoring your husband by saying those kind of things. And if you've got children, come on. I'm going to tell you, you have plenty of time to do what you want to, won't you? Jody, Terry, all of you that have your children out of your home, you'll have plenty of time. Enjoy them while they're there. But this is what I want to say. Be equally yoked. You, I, we've got a whole group of kids here. I'm telling you, until you find that one that's passionately, passionately in love with Jesus, they're not for you. They're not for you. You'll, you'll bear a lifetime of heartache. If we could ever give good counsel, do not date non-Christians. Do not be around them. I'm telling you, be a friend of God, and he'll bring you a lover of God. I was, when I, I was in school, and I, I did, did date Christians, but I was in school, and I wanted somebody so bad. I, was, I felt lonely. I felt worthless, and I wanted somebody. And it ended up not being good situations. And, and then I went to college and I really found the Lord. And I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and things changed for me. And I said, I want you above everything else. And this guy asks me out and he's a jock on campus and he's a football player. And it was a big deal there at the college. And he asked me out and I knew what kind of life he lived. I knew who he was. And I went out one time with him and I knew I was like, I'm your friend, God. I can't be a friend to that. I know that he's offering me popularity and he's offering me all this acclaim, but I can't be a friend to it. I choose you, Lord. I choose your friendship. 
And I'm so glad I did because it wasn't long that the Lord brought Ron. And we grew up together. We were 19 when we got married. I love that. I love that we got to learn together. Yeah, we made a lot of mistakes together and we'd laugh about it. But we both passionately loved Jesus. There was never a doubt in our home who was adored. And I'm telling you, like Abraham, we're friends of God here. And if I can give you any wisdom, and most of you have married awesome, you, you have, you just married Christian kids, our younger ones have, but I'm going, there's a lot of you coming up. We got kids that are going to be teenagers that are getting older, and I'm telling you now, thus saith the Lord, marry a man after God's own heart, or don't get married. I'm serious. Wait on God. He will fulfill the desires of your heart. So what does God want? He wants you to be his friend. Everything else will be taken care of. So what kind of friend are you? That's the question. What kind of friend am I? I want to be better. I want to love him more. I want him to reveal more to me. Ron and I both prayed that today for ourselves. We were like, we've only begun to know you. I want to know more about you. That's your identity, by the way. Bill Johnson says your identity is how much you know God. Let's stand. Lord, I think uh, some of this this morning was just ramblings of things Ron and I just talk about together that we care as a mama and a papa. But Father... We, this house, are a house of friendship, and we're a family. And I ask you, Lord, deeper works within us. Deeper, deeper works. God, I pray for every, if there's a child or a youth around you, lay hands on them around you, because we're going to pray this. I don't know if we've ever dedicated them in this way, but I want to. Father, whether you have them to get married or not, you know it's in your hands. Whether they're going to be missionaries, whether they're going to be whatever they're going to be, it's in your hands. But I dedicate them, we dedicate them as your friends. Lord, that they would know you. That they would say, I know the Lord. That their heart would be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And that they would choose your friendship above everything the world has to offer everything that their eyes would not be turned lord i know when you're young it's easy to be turned by a cute girl or a cute guy but lord i also know that when the push comes to shove and you're pushing through life that it's wonderful to have someone who grabs your arm right beside you and says come on let's go let's pray some more let's pray some more God, I thank you for a mate like that. I thank you for a, that we've walked together like that. And God, I ask you in Jesus' name, and we declare over them they're dedicated to the Lord. And Father, you raise up sons and daughters. You raise up lovers of God that are mates for these kids. You raise up those who are supposed to be for them. And we ask you to seal their lives for you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message.